Hello, hello. Good afternoon to you. Welcome to the Maleko and Flash podcast. I'm Maleko. Hey, and I'm Flash. And we've got a great episode for you today. We've got a bartender ready to go. We've got our best friend from back in the day ready to go. And uh, we've got a good show for you. So grab your cocktail glass. We're about to introduce you to our bartender who's going to make our drink of the day. Yeah, that's right. We've got Brian, the general manager from Hula's Bar and Lay Stand here. I would say this is, Jack can a- answer this later, but as far as I know, it's the oldest, longest running bar in Hawaii, open since 1974. Known, of course, lots of wonderful tropical type cocktails. And Brian is going to make us something amazing. That's right. And of course, since Brian is from Hula's Bar and Lay Stand, we thought we would bring the one and only, the founder of Hula's Bar and Lay Stand, the man, the myth, the legend. Jack Law. Here I am. That's your cue, Jack. (laughs) There he is. Here I am. Long-time listener, first-time caller, apparently. (laughs) Jack, thanks for coming in. we got lots to talk about today. Uh, You brought your favorite bartender with you. Um, What are we making today? Well, uh, Brian Neveretti is here, and uh, he's uh, a long-time Hula employee, Hula uh, manager, and he's come up in the ranks. He started out as a as a bartender and started out as other things in Waikiki. Came to Hula's as a bartender, and uh, now he's gen- general manager and doing a great job. That was that was a novel. What what are we drinking? <laughs> why, why don't you give the mic to Brian? Brian, why don't you tell us what you made for us today? Uh, today um, we're making uh, the 1954 Mai Tai. It's a, basically a variation of the. Popular uh, Mai Tai oh, at the... Oh, I love Mai Tais! Yes. From the Royal Hawaiian Hotel. Actually uh, making the drink. Actually making actually the cocktail. This makes it... This is exciting. Since it's a, a podcast, you can't see what's going on. Flash is actually storying uh, on his uh, on his Instagram page. So if you don't mind seeing... Snap part, is over already. Yeah, if you don't mind seeing uh, partial nudity most hours of the day, uh, I would follow Flashy808. Hey, thanks right. for the plug, buddy. Hey, you know, it's all about you. So Brian's Indeed mixing it, it up. Is. I hear the ice going, um, and I love a good Mai Tai. Uh, what makes this one, what's the variation on this one? What are you changing up? Well, uh, basically it's a simple recipe. Uh, what we do at Hula is we pride ourselves in uh, fresh bar concepts and uh, quality ingredients. Excellent. All right, well, we're going to uh, get a sample of that. So we've got the drink of the day. Jack, this is the fun part. We're going to be talking about whatever today. So you get to come up with the word that's our trigger word to drink. So the word of the day today, oh, hopefully a word we're going to say often. So what do you think? Dance. 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 All right, every dance. time you hear the word dance today, you are going to have a drink. And, of course, during the conversation, if anybody feels like the conversation is getting stale, just feel free, Brian, yourself included, to just yell the word dance so that everybody just has a drink, okay? Nice. All right, starting now. All right, so we're going to start things off today by talking to Jack. First of all, for those of you who don't know, uh, both Flash and myself worked, actually everyone in the room here worked for Jack at some point. Uh, and, and everyone and the, in the, the bar business in Hawaii is somehow <laughs> related. The, the tree goes back to Jack. Yeah, it does. It, in fact, Jack, you've probably employed almost every bartender in Hawaii who's been around for more than 10 years. Not only that, uh, a lot of people that uh, are married and uh, kids resulting from those marriages uh, probably have something to do with uh, Hula's The Wave or Malia's Cantina. That's true, yeah. I do do have to attest to uh, so many people come up to me 
and say their fondest memory of the wave isn't when it like a party I threw or anything. No. It's basically like, so I was in the parking lot and I met this girl and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and long story short, we're married with two no. kids now. Yeah. yeah. I heard a story yeah, yeah. once. Somebody Tons told me of stories like that. They, uh, they, got, they conceived their child underneath the disco ball at the wave, which sounds difficult to do, but not impossible. Yes, I met that person. <laughs> I met the child. I met the, I, I met the issue of that assertion. <laughs> Amazing. Wait, are we talking about Maleko or? <laughs> <laughs> Jack, how many different uh, bars have you owned over the years? Well, uh, three of them. Uh, actually, four. But uh, the fourth one was the uh, Aloha Showroom at the Royal Hawaiian Shopping uh, Center way back when. Uh, I had to take it over. My business partner, uh, Bob Magoon, had uh, a play going on there in the showroom. And uh, he got cancer, and he's fine now. Still alive, 96 years old. Next Same month. birthday as me. Same birthday as Flash. Almost as old as Flash, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Almost. But anyhow, I had to take over because he, he got this, uh, this cancer and, and go to New York for special treatment. But to answer your question, uh, Hula's Bar and Laystan was the first one. And the second, which was 1974, as Flash earlier said. And Wave opened up in late 1980, and uh, then there was Malia's Cantina. Oh, Malia's was on Lure Street across from Moose's, eventually became the Jungle, and is now Kelly O'Neill's. That's right. Oh, wow. Okay. Now, the Wave, of course, uh, is legendary for for a variety of reasons. We'll get into the reasons, uh, or we'll try to pinpoint the reasons, but the fact is the club is still talked about. Does that seem unusual to you? People come up to you and say they still mention that club. I mean, I don't know any other club that does, that people do yeah, that. Yeah, you know, no, hardly a week goes by anymore. And, you know, uh, the Wave has been closed for 12 years now, and it's it's hard to believe, but, you know, the Wave was open uh, for 25 years. 26. Tw- 20- 1980 to 2006. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it did. It was. It just made 26, yeah. which is why it was so this, sad when this it is why, This is why he hired me. Yeah. yeah. It's no. exact, it, exactly. And <laughs> so you can make me look foolish. Well, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Apologies, Jack. It is his show, so he can kind of do He, he makes a, jer- a well, jerk out of himself a lot. I'm here to screw up his show. <laughs> yeah, <good. laughs> but you know what? Uh, just to, so the people at home know, Flash was uh, your bitch for quite a long time, right? I mean, he pretty much did Head anything, bitch, anything you wanted him to do with the wave. He was the marketing Hey-o. guy. Uh, he was a janitor sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, he was... Uh, I, much, no, uh, I, I was the MC when he was too cheap to pay you. <laughs> <laughs> Not and, kidding. What and, kind of an employee and, and, was and he? When I was paying pay Maleko, I was still as cheap. It's, yes, that's true. Also, I'm, not kidding. I've never worked for less. That's great, <laughs> except for this podcast. <laughs> so, um, what was was Flash a good employee? No, Flash was a fabulous employee uh, as long as he did everything I told him to do. <laughs> well, he didn't do that so, no. anymore. So you're saying no? I but, see what you said. But you know, there were, there were times. I mean, you know, the, the pressure of the nightclub business. People don't realize is just like. It's twenty four seven, never 300, ends. Three hundred sixty five days a week, uh, a month, a year rather, and it just goes on and on and on. And people don't realize it because people just go in and on, a, on their special night and they go, "Oh, this place is nice," but it goes on. So we were really, and we worked like next to each other in the office. So there was uh, sometimes we got along pretty good, but sometimes we were at each other's throat. But then we would go to lunch. <laughs> 
so yeah. why do you think why do you think no other bar has been able to duplicate the success of the wave in Hawaii? Well, I could say a b- bunch of things, but you know, there was a lot of things to do with it. But but it, it had a lot to do with the real estate, because because it this this location uh, had been. Uh, in that you know, successive clubs, one right after another, before we went in. I mean, it it was uh, also it was uh, the Dragon Lady mm-hmm. and uh, 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 Fast Eddie's and uh, the Lava Lava, and it was so many things. But when we came along, um, you know, and Hula's was right uh, about three, four blocks away. So, um, it but it was the real estate because. What we were able to do is make that place uh, an entertainment special, you know. And and it was a, it was a black box. We changed the interior every six weeks or eight weeks, you know. To, uh, had a new install put in by a by an uh, either a resident artist or a guest artist, and uh, we uh, we tried to have the sound system at the time, and uh, it was really good and. We even had the you know video, but not closed circuit video like like is uh, like we have now at Hula's. But it was uh, and on the third floor there was a a floor that nobody saw, but it was where our art department was. It was where our promotion department was. It was where our bookkeeping department was, and it was a big dressing room for our guest uh, performers that would come in. So it was really a, sort of like a little entertainment factory it was almost like a theater more than a club yeah you had you had an art department yeah people were making the design you had the 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 green room where the artists hung out yeah there Uh, was i mean to this day you're just rattling off all this stuff Uh, you didn't even mention the video department to this day no club now has a video department has an art director let alone an art department with all kinds of fun i mean it was yeah. like an arts and crafts room with all it kinds really of cool was. stuff where you it, can it, create it was all the like time. backstage at at diamond head theater or something like that with costumes and with props right. and everything all over the place when you open the wave you had hula's which was a thriving booming business it was it was probably the most successful club in town before you opened up the wave why open the wave? Why not? Why, why risk cannibalizing your business? Well, you know, uh, there was a club in the, in the, the wave location called uh, uh, Lava Lava, and uh, which, by the way, real quick fun fact for those that remember, the volcano that was burned into the wooden dance floor on the wave was that was the old lights from Lava Lava making yeah. the volcano. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. You were too wasted to ever look. You yeah, know, I, yeah, never I mind. vaguely remember never the mi- Maleko's right. looking at me with glazed eyes. Brian, where are the cocktails? Let's go. <laughs> so, um, so anyhow, why why we opened up and the place was closed. The, the owner of the of the lava lava at the time uh, had died, and it was in probate and it was on the market for quite a while. And I went to my uh, business partner at the time, as I mentioned earlier. Bob Magoon and I said, you know, someone's going to open up this this club and going to c- compete directly with uh, with us, Hulas, and it, uh, we better take it over. Somebody else will. And something that uh, you guys probably don't even know about, but right after we signed the papers on the on the place, and it was you know at least old, um, Hulas caught on fire, and uh, we had to close Hulas to rebuild. Because it was in a sort of a rickety building, anyhow, 
And uh, so we were closed for three months while we were open, uh, while we were rebuilding, mm. uh, while we got the wave going. And so all of Hula's staff went over to the wave and they, they were running. So it, Not the, for the first time. Yeah. <laughs> or not for the last time, I mean, yeah. But Hula, the wave did really well until Hula's opened up. And then Hula's was uh, closed at 2 o'clock in the morning. The uh, uh, wave closed at 4 o'clock in the morning. So when Hula's opened up, we had no business before 2 o'clock at the wave. So oh, because everybody I, went back. Everybody went back. And all back. your good bartenders went Which, back. Which, uh, by the way, was so, a struggle for... Yeah. That was often the struggle with the wave was well, to get people in early. What I want to know is where were so, people going to dance? Well, they, uh, dance, dance. <laughs> we all finally have cocktails, Brian. Brian, the uh, yeah, he's practicing his mixologist. Uh, <laughs> Boy, this is a good Mai Tai. Boy. You, don't you think this is a good Mai Tai? This is actually a pretty damn good Mai Tai. I it's might, a very, it was worth the wait, Brian. Mm-hmm. It was worth the wait. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, that is, that is a tasty drink, sir. Thank you. Yeah. So. But anyhow, just let me finish this. Yeah. So anyhow, <laughs> so. Um, I have the floor. No, no, so, so, so when, when, the wave, when Hula's opened up and the wave had no business before 2 o'clock, I go, what, what, what am I going to do here? And that's when punk was just starting. So I brought in a punk band, and uh, that would mix with the Hula's crowd. After the, they got in at two o'clock, and so that's how we got into being, being the punk nightclub. And, and that was probably what started uh, the Waves' fashion of putting bands on early, and then exactly. a DJ late. It was that's the, so that, because people were dancing elsewhere early, and you had the the band come in early. It was a totally different crowd. Exactly, exactly. You know, we had the house band. We had Sonya and Re- Revolution for for a long long time, many years. And we would go to uh, all over the country and bring these cover bands uh, to the to the wave uh, because nobody would dance to to uh, original music back then. Yeah. You know, Th- this was by the way. So that ultimately was well, nobody still dances to original music in a while. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah, yeah. But ultimately, that was uh, the wave's uh, recipe for success: was good live bands early. And then dance music late, attracting two different crowds, so you can turn you could turn the whole place over, you know, twice a night. Um, and those those were also the days when the in the waves, you know, in the '80s, when you could book a single band to get people in a club five nights in a row. Yeah, you couldn't do that now. No. You, you a band could play once a week or once a month and draw a crowd now. But back then, if you had a good band, that band would bring people in five six days a week. Yeah. And you just let that band play for a month or two months or whatever. I mean, it was a lot. It was a lot easier once you figured out the formula. Yep, and that's how it come we could uh, bring bands over from uh, like Canada or whatever because we could amortize the the, the travel costs, you know, over uh, uh, you know many nights, right? But um, but also during that time, we were also bringing in um, minor groups, uh, and minor uh, performing artists. That were either on their way up or on their way down. Mm-hmm. And, like who? Give us some examples. Well, uh, Elvin Bishop and uh, you know uh, Grace Jones. Grace and, Jones. Yeah, Grace yeah. Jones. We called Grace Jones uh, because she was uh, just done with the concert in uh, Sydney, Australia, wow. and she you know happened to be coming through here with her boyfriend. So this is this is like the Republic before the Republic. But but who else? Because there were so many. There were so many artists. I, I, I can't help but say this, but the Republic's still our formula. 
Well, they had an insider. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, it all the tree always yeah. goes back to Jack. Um, I don't even know if Jack knows this, but like Diplo played at the wave before before he was Diplo, and yeah. he brought his little Indian girlfriend who sat in the back of the DJ booth who didn't say anything, who turned out to be MIA. Oh, wow. Um, Wang yeah. Chung performed at, at the wave. Uh, George Thorogood. Uh, George Thorogood and the so, Destroyers. Yeah, and, uh, you know, oh, God, I... Um, Superstar DJ Kiyoki, since we're since we're throwing names out. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no, but, I mean, you know, just... just Names after names after names. Uh, uh, bow, wow, wow, oingo, boingo, you know. Uh, Didn't New Order play there? New Order played there. New uh, Order. Yeah. In the uh, 80s heyday, like yeah. New Order, like. What's the capacity yeah. of the wave? Uh, the capacity was only like 250 people. Wow. But, but and of course, you had we New got Order. Up to 450. 450 sometimes. Yeah. But it was all standing room, you know. But it was, um, we worked with uh, 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 pro- uh, outside promoters, uh, Greg Monday and Ken Rosine, who were big promoters. Concert promoters, not yeah. club promoters. Yeah, they were concert yeah. promoters. And what they would do is uh, they would grab these uh, performers that were, and bring them to the wave that they were too, they, their draw was too small for like the Shell or the Blaisdell. Because you know, there was no republic back then. There was no republic. No, there was, was a shortage of venues like there is now. Yeah, yeah and yeah, the wave just happened yeah, to fit the yeah. bill. And you had the sound system, and, and the yeah. back line, and the the green room. You basically had the infrastructure that allowed these guys to bring people mm-hmm. in. Yeah, and um, so you know, and the same thing with the with hula is what what we do today. We have live music. Uh, 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 Monday through Friday, and um, uh, six to nine. But what we do. <laughs> What we do really is to make sure that they that the performer has a real good sound system mm-hmm. and a real good lighting system, and you know, and uh, the dance floor is uh, well lit and everything else. Because what it is, we want the performers to feel like that this is a great place to be, you know, be a little star, you know. Yeah. And so that was the, that was the theory behind the wave too. So, the wave had it was notorious for having great bands, surprise acts. Um, incredible dance music, but because, like you said earlier, it, it was kind of a black box, it was kind of a place for people to be anonymous, yes. or, or at least they felt yes. anonymous, yes. and so from time to time, you've had superstar celebrities that would come in there, actors from time to time that would come in there, uh, I think, what was the diehard guy? Uh, uh, Bruce Willis? Bruce, didn't he get kicked out of there a couple of times for being ruckus? Bruce Willis got, I believe he got kicked out because... He rang up. They, they were filming some movie here. I don't even know if you know this. They, this was he when, was dancing. Was he dancing? He was dancing. <laughs> hey, hey, oh! This was when Steve Mason was the GM. Bruce Willis was filming a movie here. Uh, has the whole crew in. You know, twenty people, two dozen people, whatever. Rings up this giant bar tab and then doesn't want to pay it because he's Bruce Willis. <laughs> and like, we should just you know give him everything for free. Right. So. He ended up getting kicked out. <laughs> long, long story short, yeah. yeah. But hey, uh, hey Tooley, this guy didn't but, pay. I mean, but, but what a claim to fame, huh? Yeah. <laughs> a, yeah. Got kicked I, out of the way. I got, <laughs> I got sidetracked on that story as, as I was trying to say. You know, people felt anonymous in there, so people felt like they could do things they wouldn't normally do oh. in other clubs. <laughs> hey. And so there were crazy things that would happen in there that everybody could see them happening, but well, nobody. Dr- I, I just want to say that our dress code was. Was everything from tank tops to tuxedos. 
Right. You know, you go in there anytime and you would see anything. And you really would see a and, tank and top would, next you know, to a tuxedo. And people would feel comfortable, you know, yeah. just the way they are. But you're right. Which, by the way, that's a huge part of the wave success is anybody from any walk of life dressed any which way could somehow all walk in there and feel comfortable. And feel comfortable. And not feel like I'm out of place. And overdressed, safe. underdressed, safe. safe. Yeah. The, the security was always amazing, but not overbearing. You know, I mean, there was, uh, it just it felt like a safe place. But I always saw random things happening. Or, you know, it, the fun thing about it is, like, you're at a really crazy house party where anything can happen. And anything and everything did happen. Share with us the craziest thing you ever oh, saw boy. that you can share. Earmuffs, Brian. Uh, <laughs> well, listen, there's a lot of things that I can't share. <laughs> I got to say that. I, and I only I know about say, a few of them. <laughs> I got to say that right off. But, I, you know, one of the things uh, uh, comes immediately to mind that I can't share is that when Grace Jones was performing, uh, she was just uh, she was just out of it. She was doing this thing in a warm leatherette, you know, and... She picked up some. She grabbed somebody's wine out of their hand, who was on the you know, the front row, you know, just stand there, and took a drink of it and just sprayed everybody with this wine <laughs> from her mouth, <laughs> and everybody thought it was, you know, ambrosia. You know, oh. it was like, so it, it, you know, <laughs> but uh, it, it it was, you know, the 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 wave was a really a mixture of everybody. I mean, really, you know. Straight, gay, transvestite, uh, confused, confused, <laughs> yeah. Christians, yeah. Know, Muslims, you name it, they were there. The wave did a good job of being very well lit in certain places and having lots of good dark, dark yeah. corners where um, you could do whatever. I would see people. And what did you do with those dark corners? I would oh, see people. Would well, you like to know? Flash, uh, did you dance? <laughs> <laughs> hey, by the way, if you saw me dancing at the wave, I was blackout drunk. That's the only time yeah. I'm dancing at the wave. Yeah, I remember those nights. <laughs> the, you remember um, the tab the next day. Oh, my God. <laughs> the wave was one of the few bars um, that I recall that had uh, an attendant in the bathroom always. Um, they were, like, a uh, pioneer of that. They were, they, and they were well-stocked. They were well, they were well, uh, you know, they were really nice. Um, they knew... That if you know if somebody came in and they somebody was too drunk or somebody you know needed uh, to you know sober up or something like I remember a few times in there somebody you know they handed me and said here have 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 some gum you need some gum you know maybe my breath I don't know what it is but they were just very attentive to you it was almost like having uh, you know in the you know like the a den mother you know when the boxers go in the corner and the guy comes and he throws a towel on you freshens you up the trainer it was almost like having somebody like that freshen you up. And send you back out right. into the <laughs> yeah. madness, into the battle. It's like, all right, you're yeah, good. Here's yeah. your cologne. Get out there. Go on, Rocky. You can do this. <laughs> I, I actually, um, specifically, th there was a, a female attendant in the women's restroom that all of my girlfriends, some of them sometimes would come to the wave just to say hi to the female restroom attendant and get whatever they got from them and give them a tip because they were like... This restroom attendant was so amazing because it's like they felt like it was like their auntie. And yeah. again, it gets back to that like safe place and a little kind of safe haven from all the craziness once you walk back, <laughs> once, once the trainer sends yeah. you back out.
Well, you know, one of the things is, you know, if anybody's listening to this podcast and are thinking about... No uh, one's listening. Yeah, well, not yet, anyhow. But uh, <laughs> Dance. But, uh, you know, a lot of people think that, you know, going into the uh, nightclub business is glamorous and Don't all do this it. stuff. You know, it, it's, a, it's a lot of work. But one of the things you got to remember is people's safety is first and foremost. And how many nightclubs have we seen in Honolulu that open and close real quick because they didn't take care of safety first? And, you know, part of the safety is really very important. So if anybody thinks about opening a nightclub, don't have the safety and the security as an afterthought yeah. or after you th- have that all set up before anything else because everything else can go down the toilet if you don't take care of that. And we, not not just the safety of the customers, but you always stress that to also create a safe environment for the staff as well, for oh, the absolutely. employees. You yeah, know, yeah. You talk about um, you know the success of nightclub. We talk about how fun it was for twenty six years, but you know, I mean, and maybe a bit of advice to anybody thinking about opening a nightclub. Eventually, it did close. What was what was the cause of the ultimate demise of the wave? Well, uh, you know, I was talking to Brian on the way over here. Is that uh, we were on month to month for the longest time, which was really hard to run any kind of business on for a month years. to month. For years, yeah, month to month. I mean, yeah. you know, we would have uh, uh, the air conditioning breakdown, and we got to go, got to spend you know six, seven thousand dollars for a new air conditioning plant, and you didn't know how long you were going to amortize this cost over. So you have a carpet that needed to be replaced, et cetera. So, so um, it was really, really difficult because we were on a month to month, and then finally. The, uh, a developer came that was able to put that block together and give us notice and said, you get, you're out of here, you know. And I got to say that if a, one of the things that you asked why the, why the way was so successful and everything, and I said the real estate, but not only the fact of the real estate itself, it was that the, I got into a long-term lease and my rent was really handleable because right now, you go into any place in Honolulu and you rent a space like that, you know, Nueva's only like 5,000 square feet on the ground floor, but, you know, it's like, you know, the rent is so expensive in Waikiki, I don't know how anybody can afford to do it. Which is why the wave closed, because the owner else, yeah. slowly, as all the leases in and around the wave came up, that's why there was that giant dirt parking lot next door forever. They, their master plan was to do something like, that's why the Allure you know, high-rise, fancy, luxury apartment building is there now because they, they wanted to the whole ma- block. they wanted to maximize the revenue they could make from yeah. such prime real estate and a nightclub and a car wash yeah. and you know those dilapidated old apartment buildings that wasn't cutting it. Right. So, so anyhow, that, that that's that's the answer to your question. It, it was, uh, it, and the same thing about the old hulas. When the old hulas closed, it was because it was sold for uh, to be developed. It's all about uh, the money. Which is now but, uh, the, the Ritz-Carlton, right? Yeah, and, and yeah. Tiffany's and yeah. all that kind but of... But the thing is, from the time that the original Hula's closed to the time that the Ritz-Carlton opened up, it was about 18 years, hmm. you know, of, of that being a, a, a vacant lot. So, you know... Going back to Hula's, the world was different in 1974. Yeah, it really was. Was was Hula's the first gay bar ever in Hawaii? No, no, not not by far. But uh, I always say that the first gay bar came with Captain Cook when the when the uh, sailors came <laughs> to shore and w- 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 with their bottle of grog, you know. <laughs> but you know, uh, listen. <laughs> 
but, but <laughs> they were just they were just dancing onto the shore, weren't oh, they? Listen. Is that no. like a personal fantasy of yours, or is this like a fact? You know, li- listen. I, I hate to break it to you guys, but you know, gay has been around since the beginning of time. And uh, but when I got here in 1974, uh, Hulu presently is on Kapahulu, and right next door on the ocean side of uh, the building that the Hulu is in, Waikiki Grand is an ABC store. Now, there's a lot of ABC stores in Waikiki, but this particular one uh, housed a gay bar called The Clouds and the Dipper. The Dipper was, or The Clouds was upstairs and The Dipper was downstairs. Is that code? And that was, yeah. I mean, yeah, anything (laughs) went at that time. But that was in uh, 1966. Wow. Way back in 1966. And I can tell you, and I was just coming out of the closet then, and I was sort of scared of my own shadow about the whole thing. However, I knew that there was about eight gay bars in Waikiki at the time. They were all like neighborhoods. Really? Small gay bars, but there was like the Attic and the Wagon Wheel and the Jaguar and the Queen Surf, you know, uh, the, the Queen Surf nightclub in the daytime. The bar that was right there on the beach was a gay bar. Is that why the Queen Surf Beach is kind of known as kind of like a gay beach? Is it because it dates back to that? It dates back to that. Interesting. But the thing is, it... There was all. There's always been a place where uh, gay people would congregate. There was always a bar because the bar would always be the gay people's safe sp- space to go and you know meet. Now, are these bars that you're yeah. you're talking about? Because Hula's was, was like, we are a gay bar. Yeah, we're as gay as it gets. Were these places more underground? They like you ha- kind of like, had to know. Yeah, Hula's was right right out uh, front and everything. However, th- just to be uh, uh, give credit where credit due. Right across the street where the wave eventually opened up, there was a place called the Gay 90s. So that wasn't really in the, in the <laughs> closet. And, and that Gay was, means happy. That was, where, that, was where, <laughs> that was where the masquerade was after many yeah. years. And then right on the same block, there was another place called the Stuffed Tomato, which was also a gay bar. So now that, that's definitely an innuendo. Stuffed yeah. tomato. <laughs> Has anyone ever stuffed your tomato, Maleko? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Not that I mean, maybe. Not I since, don't know. Not I, since Club 301. I drank a lot back in the day. <laughs> not that you remember. Yeah, yeah that not I since remember. the wave. Yeah. <laughs> um, as crazy as the wave was, Hula's was probably crazier, or arguably crazier, maybe. Um, you had you also had a lot of celebrity guests that would come in there. Actually, which which was crazier? I, I, no, I, I think, you know, the thing is, it's very interesting for me to have uh, run the wave and run hulas side by side and to notice not neither one was any crazier or had any other problems that the other one didn't have, except the security had to be bigger at the straight place. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I always say that we had to, on a weekend, we had to have like, a, you know, what, seven, eight uh, Samoans. Uh, oh, at Samoans, least, yeah. Uh, to, you know, just to keep the crowd. And it was like, we, I always called them our atomic weapons. We wanted everybody to know that we had them, but we never wanted they, to they use were, them. They were, uh, you used to call them the nuclear deterrents. <laughs> yeah. Just nuclear their mere deterrent. presence. Yeah. Made, someone like me isn't yeah. going to mess around when you see someone yeah. like Thule or Mac. Yeah. You're like, ah, yeah. I'm good. I'll just, you know what? I was going to do this thing. My, I think I won't. And so we had the, all those people at the wave. And at, at, at Hula's, we had Lionel. Which is all, that's all yeah. you needed. And you yeah. still have Lionel. Yeah. yeah. All right. Get back to the crazy guests. I'm sorry. I know. So you had, you had some uh, amazing guests in there. You also had celebrity guests that came through, particularly uh, Elton John, who was a regular at Hula's. How did well, that happen? Well, I wouldn't call him a regular. I would say that he was a, uh, when he was in town, he, he would stop in. And he's still. Quasi-regular. You know, uh, 
He still um, stops in? Yeah. Yeah, he still stops in. He's there, you know. Um, Does he know your name? Are you guys on a first name basis? I doubt it. Has he ever written I you do, a song? I do know his I do know his husband. Like in what way? Are you guys are you and Elton John Eskimo brothers? <laughs> <laughs> What the hell does What's that mean? <laughs> I thought Flash was in on the gay lingo for a second. You're just making it up, aren't you? Eskimo brothers, when two friends bone the same person. Again, Flash in his own world over here with the lingo. I'm, uh, I'm on, I'm on uh, Urban Maleko, Dictionary right Maleko now. And I, I was not even there. Maleko and I are I, definitely Eskimo brothers. One thousand percent. Okay, let's dance. <laughs> So, El- so Elton John, who else? Who else has been into hula's, um, gay or straight? Well, you know Dolly Parton. Oh, you know, yeah, yeah. And uh, are, are they real? No, Flash. Uh, it, well, I don't, I don't know by first hand. Uh, Joan Rivers certainly. <laughs> You're was right. There. I'm asking. I'm asking a gay guy yeah. if her boobs are real. Yeah. Well, there's a there's a, uh, a Dolly Parton joke. It says, "Why is Dolly Parton's uh, waist so small?" Nothing grows in the shade. <laughs> <laughs> I actually saw, um, you mentioned Joan Rivers. Um, some The Hula's Instagram, at Hula's Waikiki, just posted this great picture, with, what looks like from the 70s or 80s, this black and white picture of Joan Rivers at the original Hula's. Yeah, yeah. and, and that, that young girl that's right next to her is Melissa That's Rivers. right. She looks like a teenager. Yeah, she is. Yeah, for sure. Wow. So and that other teenager is me. <laughs> Hula's has somehow survived the test of time and some challenges like having to move locations. Um that that's unheard of in any business. You 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 move locations and it's a death wish for many. Why was Hula's successful uh having moved so far away from where it originally located? You know, I won't lie, it almost killed us. You know, we almost went under. But, uh, you know, perseverance, I, you know, and I, I say to people, I had nothing else to do, so I had to keep that going, mm. you know. But um, You did have the wave at the time. I did I mean, have the it was, wave. And it's, it, not, it's not like you were in retirement. Yeah, but, you know, half, half my business was going. And I knew that the wave was on a short leash sure. anyhow, you know. But one of the things that was able to keep it going is the same thing as I said earlier about the wave is that I was able to get a lease, uh, not a lease, but property that I could afford mm. because even back then in 19, uh, 19 uh, what was that 1980 um, r- luckily the real estate market was real soft at that time because it was a, the recession I was able to find this place but I looked all over the place and, and every place else that I looked at that I thought might be okay for for a hula's we could not afford yeah you know so good, uh, good price in real estate, uh, and you you found a fantastic place with an incredible view, uh, right there overlooking the park, just beneath the shadow of Diamond Head. Um, but, but again, you know, when we moved into uh, Hula's, that that location, the first Hula's, that location, nobody ever made it. We moved into the Wave uh, location, nobody ever made it in that location, and we moved it into the present Hula's location, and nobody had ever made it in that location. So you're you saying know? the secret is you. I'm saying. I mean. I mean. Let's let's connect the dots. Read between the lines. I mean, seriously. There's, there was a method to what you did, and it wasn't just location. It wasn't just keeping people safe. It was creating an environment that people wanted to come back to, 
again and again and again. Which is so almost impossible. So, so in the it was it was it was addicting. Like likes on Instagram are addicting. It's well, like we had to go back and back and the back. The entertainment has always been first. The entertainment has always been first and uh and and also and to promote. Because we promote the hell out of our business. And people say, Well, you know everybody knows about Hulu's anyhow or everybody knows about the wave. No, everybody knows about McDonald's. You still promote, you promote. Ooh, you promote. That's a good one. That's a good one. Now, I do have to say, um, getting back to the move, when most places like the original Hula's have a run of 30 years at that point, I think, or close to it, and it's time to shut the doors, they just tap out and say, well, we had a great run. But you actually had the balls to say, you know what? We're going to keep this thing going. And we're going to move, and then you still had to do a build-out. You know, I mean, it's expensive to open a new place. Even if you have a loyal following, it's still a massive risk. And even if, with the new place, you've been there for how long now? It will be 20 years this year. 20 years this year, July 18th. Is that the anniversary? It's in the middle of July. We move it around. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you admitted that because I was like, didn't they just have an anniversary? Well, we, well, we they do, do two a year. We, we do two a year, and one is our, our overall anniversary, which November. is November, and yeah. then our, our – or well, oh, July, right? So and July that, is when it, in nineteen July of nineteen seventy four it originally opened. November yeah. of whatever eighty is uh, yeah. Is, no, 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 not not the wave. Now we're confusing. Never mind. We're confusing everybody. Ninety eight for the new Hula's open in November nineteen ninety eight. So there's yeah. that anniversary. Yeah, right. And then in the summer in oh. July is the anniversary oh, oh, of oh. the original Dance. Dance. Oh. Yes. Dancing. Well, now I really get the dates wrong. Yeah, that's it. Keep these Mai Tais coming there. Yeah. Right? Um, so uh, just just talking about the success of the bar, Hula's still there, still going strong. Uh, any challenges at Hula's now? The lease coming up? They're going to build a giant, ugly apartment building there. Everything's good right now, right? Things are flowing. Well, uh, there's no lease because uh, uh, I own the uh, – it's a commercial condominium, so oh, I own okay. that. So See, you he, own it, yeah. so you don't have to he worry learned, about somebody. He yeah. learned the hard way. Yeah. Yeah. Next time, I'll just buy the place so no one can kick me out. Yeah. <laughs> F well, you guys. Well, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it's, the, the stars just lined up on that, so, so it was good, and I'm, I'm really grateful for That's that. That's very cool. But uh, as far as what's going to happen is that, uh, you know, Waikiki, you guys know, Waikiki has changed so dramatically, even in the last five years, mm -hmm. right? And I'd so, say even in the last... Three years. Yeah. 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 So um, it's just, it's quite amazing. So it, it, the thing is, we just got to keep and, and be ahead of what people's tastes are, yeah. right? Because nightclubs are closing all over the country and, and gay bars are closing all over the country because of um, the internet. You know, people are, uh, you know, meeting people on online. And, it's uh, called Grinder Jack. Grinder. Michael knows all about it. Do you think Grinder uh, has affected your business? Do you think social media has affected your business? Yeah, there's no question about it because every uh, social media has affected everything in every uh, every way. But you know what we try to do is we try to use that, and you know we we call Hula's Bar and Lace the gathering place, right? So people gotta even if they hook up on Grinder, they gotta meet. They gotta find a safe place to meet. So they make sure if they want, you know, this person, the uh, person really looks like their their grinder photograph. By the way, when ja when Jack says they, he means Jack. <laughs> <laughs> <That's it. laughs> 
People like Flash posting yeah. pictures that aren't themselves on Grinder. Yeah. I know it's now, true. Now, one thing I want to say to address something that anyone who's listened this far would want to know, because I get this question personally quite a bit, um, was why didn't you guys open? You know, uh, when the wave closed, why didn't you open a new wave? And uh, Jack and I looked for probably three years at spaces all over town for a, a new wave. And we just could not find something that made sense. And we really, really looked at everything and tried quite hard. Yeah. And when you say made sense, it's C-E-N-T-S. Right? <laughs> <laughs> right. There was a push for a while to reopen the wave. Uh, people people were, were addicted. People yeah. needed more. Well, we knew that the writing was on the wall several years before, you know, it actually happened because, like Jack said, um, we were on month to month. So we started looking way far out for the inevitable. Yeah. And it's still, and even I would say probably for about a year at least after the wave closed, we had kept looking. And, and the truth is uh, with, the, with the Hulas, uh, the new Hulas, it was, I almost gave up looking for another location for Hulas because, I, you know, this, this location for Hulas was literally the last place. I'd, I'd given up, and uh, so, so the real estate is really important. But, you know, to keep the thing going and fresh, you know, that's what our new general manager, Brian, is all about. And he is, uh, he does a, um, he's doing a great job. And look, I'm a, I'm a little bit beyond the nightclub age uh, demographic. It's okay. So is Maleko. It doesn't yeah. stop him either. Uh, look at Flash. And, I mean, he's been doing this since before they knew how to spell the word club. Somebody give me my walker. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, Brian, you know, because Brian is uh, you know that age, he's really on top of it, and he knows what the, what his clientele uh, so, appreciates. So Brian's a top. Is that what you're saying? So Brian, what Brian's a top. Uh, Got it. Uh, so Brian, since you're plugged into this, <laughs> and you are. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a power top. Yeah. I'm a power top. I, I, I he's definitely club, a bottom. Uh, I keep we, the club versatile. Maleko, stop talking about yourself, Maleko. Right. <laughs> what's going on in the club right now? What's what's uh, what's on the calendar for the next couple of weeks, Brian? Well, uh, we uh, we feature a, a drag show called Divas. It's a dancing drag show. Dancing. Oh, oh, hey, hey look at hey, oh, bartender wow. getting another drink. We didn't. Got we, it. We, got we, it. <laughs> Uh, it's called Divas, uh, and it's on the first and third Sunday, uh, the Saturday. First and third Saturday of every month at 10 p.m. Uh, right. We also have a, a show at the uh, end of the month of every last Sunday, which is called Mimosas and Marys, hosted by Candy Shell. Candy Shell, by the way, is going to be a guest on the show in I forget in May sometime. I, I can't remember the exact date, but Candy Shell, infamous Hula's drag queen, is coming in uh, in May. Nice. Also, this is first Friday. This right. this Friday. Uh, first Friday is Picante, which is our Latin night, uh, DJ by uh, DJ Kuya, who's our uh, one of our regular DJs here at. Hulis. Would you say they'll be dancing on Friday? Uh, I'm so. Oh, got me back. It's nice. beautiful. This nice. mai tai, by the way, was way too strong for us to be saying the word dancing. This the second, often. the second mai tai was stronger. Mm-hmm. I think. I think Brian really <laughs> so let it but, let it fly. Uh, don't in the forget, one. there's dancing every night. Dancing every night. Hey-o! Oh my God! This is your reward for listening to this entire podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody's getting lit. It's better than I, I was afraid that Brian was going to bring scotch because that's Jack's favorite drink. Ah, yeah, we talked about that. And I was like, oh man, if yeah. we have to drink scotch, I'm we, going we to die. This. Yeah, yeah. We, we do too. Well, yeah, we, it's we, about time well, you drink a man's drink. Listen, <laughs> bourbon, rye, yes, blends, yes, but scotch is, it's, it's, oh, I can't do it. I just peat. can't do it. Yeah, the peat is, it's, peat. I don't like peat. Yeah. 
That's not code. I, like I just the, don't I like, like Pete. The, I, I like the Irish. <laughs> so you guys are, uh, are you're at the wave every night. Well, the I wave. The wave. Wow. Freddie and Slip. Quite a, quite a quite a lot. Excellent. I right, used so to come be down. at the wave quite a lot too. Come down and see Brian. If you're not uh, going to stop by, if you want to follow uh, uh, people on social, Brian, how do we reach you on social? Uh, on social, I'm uh, I, I'm Brian Brian Paul Navaretti on Facebook uh, on Facebook. Uh, and on Instagram, you can find me at HiBriPi, H-I-B-R-I-P-I-E. Wow. Can okay. anyone, can, do you still bartend or no? You know, I people don't, just I don't have a schedule bartending, but if, if, if people are waiting on drinks, I, I'll, you'll find me jump back. Because I, I want to come in and I want to get the 1954 Ooh, Mai Tai. Made by you as well, because this is de- delicious. Um, it's Jack, a- uh, how do we do the social media? Get it together, man. I'm, I'm just I'm drinking this Mai Tai. I was like, this, um, the social media for the wave. Uh, or for, Jesus. For, uh, for who? God. Maleko, let it go. The wave is not reopening, man. <laughs> Hula, how, how do we find <laughs> I just wanted to come back. I just miss it so much. And or I'm drunk. <laughs> uh, Hula's, how do we reach Hula's on social media? Well, uh, it's very easy. Hula's.com. That's our, our web page. There you go. Hulas.com. Or at Hulas Waikiki. On Instagram. Excellent. Flash, one more question for you before we let you go. Ser- Th- that's serious Jack. What did I say? You said Flash, no, one more question for you. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> my ties have been. Wow. Like, I'm wasted on these my ties. This is the yeah. first time I've gotten drunk on he, the show. By the way, hey, he hey, looked at Jack and said, Flash, I one more question for you before you go. Hey, hey, okay, I'm hey, going to be honest. Hey, hey, Maleko, I hear you retired from uh, radio. <laughs> yeah. Now you can see why. <laughs> True story. I actually, my last day was last Friday. So I never really drank much when we were doing these podcasts. I tried to keep myself at a, at a level of sober today i kind of just decided to drink along with the game as we're yeah, going i have to tell you i finished one of these mics i'm already bust. no you're on your second one this is That's ridiculous this is halfway yeah. through the second one so jack serious question who's the better mc me or flash oh snap um factor in cost because remember i was free <laughs> and he he charged yeah, well, you get what you so, pay for <laughs> wait come here uh under the table <laughs> <laughs> I'll, let you, I'll let you know which one is better. Oh, yeah. Well, well, we know Flash wins that game every time. Everybody, that's Jack Law. Thanks for coming out. Hulas in Waikiki. Oh, we love you, Jack. Thank you so much. I just want to say, Jack, uh, not only I, – I consider Jack the godfather of nightlife in Hawaii because I truly do feel like it started with Jack, and then there's this like kind of tree that trickled down, and everything sort of one way or the other can trace back to either Hula's and or the wave to this day. And I call the wave the Studio 54 of Hawaii. I can't think of any other club in Hawaii where that analogy makes sense. Not even Apartment 3? <laughs> that's, that's a restaurant. <laughs> But no, you treat you treated Apartment Three like it was your own personal Studio Fifty Four. I certainly yes. did. There's a lot of dancing. It was yeah. good. Yeah, and by dancing he means other I, I, things. I, I, Drinking I also, on the house I, tab. I, I, thank you for what you just said, but I do I do want to say something about Malia's Cantina because it was a place where a lot of Hawaiian entertainment. Willie K used to play in, there all the time. Willie K got his uh, Oahu start. He, he's from Maui, but he got his Oahu start. Uh, at the Malia's Cantina. And, uh, you know, in this day of electronics and video and everything else, we got to support live music because the live performers, they can't make money from records anymore. 
because everybody is stealing offline, right? So it, it's important to hire live performers, and it's important to have audience for live performers. I totally agree. Thanks, Jack. By the way, speaking, Jack, of live local musicians, we have the one and only Mike Love next week. He's going to be dropping and talking story. He's just coming off of a tour, actually, and he's also going to perform for us. Of course, you can catch the Maleko and Flash podcast every Wednesday afternoon right here on the iHeart app. Exclusively on the iHeart app. We want to make sure that you, you follow us there, or you can visit us on our shortcut website address club301.com, which goes right to the iHeart page. Right. Uh, so you can follow us there. There you go. Just search Maleko and Flash podcast. Hey, that's it. So if you liked what you heard, which, which is unlikely, but that's fine. <laughs> but if you did, tell your friends. Yes. How would I tell my friends? How how does this iHeart app podcast thing work, Maleko? Really, really good. Look up. You <laughs> see you see those three dots at the top of the screen there on the right? Click that. That's the uh, the okay. share button. Check. Got and it. then you can uh, email it. You can text your friends. You can copy the link. You could post it on social media. Yeah. Just post it on social media. We don't I, want I was, you to text your friends or email them. We want every we want as many people mm-hmm. to know about this as possible. So yeah. don't be shy. And don't forget to follow us on social. I'm at DJ Maleko. I'm at Flashy808. That's Flashy with two E's. Or I guess if you turn the still talking. If like, you turn the push up. notifications on on your on your app, then it will automatically tell you. I'm not listening. That there's I've a new show coming up. Left the room. <laughs> no one cares. Oh, I so want to hear more. <laughs> hey! 